0: The Sacramento Kings are heading back to the Summer League Championship in Las Vegas. It'll be the Kings and the Boston Celtics on Tuesday night. Chemezi Metu literally punched his way into the championship game for Sacramento in Vegas. And on today's podcast, we're going to ask the question, what if Buddy Heald is still a king come the start of next season? It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January all the way through to December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I used to be a Sacramento sports radio host. I was one for seven years. That's until I'm starting a new job, a new career, kind of, I suppose. I'm moving from radio to television, And today is officially my first day at ABC 10 in Sacramento, very much looking forward to that, but longtime media member here in Sacramento. And this will be my eighth season covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist and the Kings making the summer league championship to anybody else is not a big, uh, big deal. I'm sure the, the Celtics making the summer league championship in Boston could mean less to them or couldn't mean less to them really. In Sacramento, it's a big deal, which is kind of sad. I readily admit it's kind of sad that it means such a big deal or it is such a big deal to us here in Sacramento. And in reality, I'm embellishing it. I'm blowing it up. No one's going to be stopping what they're doing and and canceling their plans on Tuesday night to watch the Kings and the Celtics. Although I'll tell you what the the NBA should do. It's what the NBA really owes. The city of Sacramento owes us uh, for all of the controversy back in the early 2000s. You know what I'm talking about. I don't need to bring it up beyond that. We deserve to have this game played in Sacramento. Do we not? Do we not? Come on. We deserve to have this game inside the Golden 1 Center. It's not like we can't do it. We've seen the Summer League come to Sacramento for the California Classic. Literally happened just a couple of weeks ago. Why not bring everybody here to Sacramento uh, so the Kings can uh, play a championship basketball game in their own city in front of their own fans. Of course, this will never happen. I'm not stupid. This is going to happen in Las Vegas. For those of you without an imagination and don't like to have fun, no, this is not a real thing. But for the rest of us who want to enjoy the the possibility of the Kings actually winning something, uh, it, it it's a fun idea. We certainly deserve it, and I hope there are going to be some Sacramento Kings fans in Las Vegas to hopefully see the Kings win their second summer league championship. I believe it was like 2014 that the Kings won the summer league championship when like Ray McCallum and Ben McElmore were on the team. They were like the best players uh, on that team. I think that team also had like Simbalar and uh, just other names that are in, in the summer league, but Hey, we enjoyed that. Then I still, I think have a, a blue and red t-shirt that says victory in Vegas that they won after they won the championship. I know you're, I'm not the only one. I know other Kings fans, uh have that shirt as well, but uh, it would be fun. I mean, of course, it would be fun to see the Sacramento Kings win something, especially with this team being 4-0, and won or didn't win a game in the, in, in the California Classic. And in fact, they looked pretty bad in the California Classic. Now, I don't know. I don't know if the advantage of having two extra games together and the extra practice days for the California Classic gave the Kings an advantage in Las Vegas. I'm not going to go that deep uh, into the strategies and the advantages of Summer League. It's really not that big of a deal. I will say, though, The reason why this Kings team is in the championship is how they play. They play hard. I mean, every team in Summer League, to some extent, does play hard. But the way this Kings team plays, they play like the main roster or they they play with the identity that the main roster wants to create for themselves. They play with effort on the defensive end. They can get hot offensively like they did this weekend, but they don't just rely solely on their offense and on hitting a bunch of shots and scoring a bunch of points to win. They play with a grittiness and a hard nose uh, on the defensive end. Now I talked about at the beginning of summer league, when the Kings started winning these games, I talked about withholding some credit from Bobby Jackson because I didn't want to, I didn't want to take away from what these players were doing and their own personal NBA journeys or their attempts to make the NBA. I mean, these players are not going to take plays off because they're essentially competing and fighting for training camp invites and to impress not just the Sacramento Kings, but to impress everybody watching. And in my mind, there are are more than a handful of players on this team that have have impressed. Now, the majority of them will come uh, to Sacramento as part of their training camp, I believe, or should receive training camp invites. But there's others like Emmanuel Terry, for example, who I've really liked who's really stood out to me with the amount of big men on this King's roster, I doubt that he gets a look in Sacramento, but maybe the hustle and the energy that he's played with catches the eye of another team and maybe they are, they're potentially interested in inviting him. So, of course, these players are going to play hard. I'm not going to say that Bobby Jackson's coaching has revolutionized uh, what the summer league team is doing, and that's why they're winning. But I will give credit to Bobby Jackson for getting this team to buy in as much as they have, getting them to play better and how they've grown as, as a cohesive team really in such a short period of time. But I also thought it was interesting that um, head coach Bobby Jackson, summer league head coach Bobby Jackson, uh, was very honest and transparent saying a lot of the decisions that he's making and the way this team's playing, that that's coming from the Kings organization. That's coming from Luke Walton. That's coming from the front office. They're playing the way that they want the team to play. And I'm okay with that. I'm 100% okay with that. And I I admire um, Bobby for being very open and honest with that. You're looking for players that are ultimately going to fit your system. Also, really quick side note, it's not going to happen, but wouldn't it be fun for Tyrese Halliburton, who's, by the way, only heading into his second season, Wouldn't it be fun for him all of a sudden to be a part of the Kings Summer League roster? He's been in Las Vegas. He's been actively working out with the team in Las Vegas. Again, not going to happen, but the Kings could certainly use Tyrese Halliburton. They're not probably going to have Chemezi Metu in this game, though, and that's because he's more than likely going to get suspended for throwing a punch in Sunday's Dallas Mavericks win. Now I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. I'll get to that in just a second. Let me recap quickly the two games that happened over the weekend. One was Friday's 90 to 75 win over the Memphis Grizzlies. Davion Mitchell, phenomenal game, easily his best game in summer league. Uh, was equal with Jemias Ramsey and leading the team in scoring with 19 points. Shot seven of 14 from the field, but four of six from three point range. That's that confidence from the uh, from beyond the arc that we started talking about. We're talking about a lot on uh, Friday's Locked On Kings podcast. Uh, And again, if he can shoot 37 plus percent on anywhere between three to four attempts per game at the NBA level, he's going to do enough to space the floor where uh, offensively he's not necessarily a liability by any means. I wouldn't even come close to calling him a liability at that rate. Uh, And he can do what he can do on the defensive end, meaning he can also fit well alongside De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton and maybe both at the same time in a potential three guard lineup that all relies on his ability to space the floor. So he shoots four of six from three-point range. also had four assists, three steals, and just one turnover. Love those numbers. And then Jamias Ramsey, five of nine from the field, three of five from three-point range. Good to see him really get going from three. And then six of six from the free-throw line. Jamias Ramsey, uh, I was having a conversation. I can't remember who I was having a conversation with. Uh, But we were talking about Jamias Ramsey and how back in high school, uh, and and before coming into the NBA and coming into college, really Jemias Ramsey's game, he was known as a slasher. He was known as someone who attacked the basket and got his points that way. It wasn't until college where he kind of recognized, I guess, what was going to get him into the NBA, which was being able to space the floor and shoot it at that size and at his position. Uh, so he kind of molded his game to fit more of that style. Now we saw the slashing ability and the ability to attack the, uh, the basket. We've seen it from Jamias Ramsey throughout this summer league. And on top of that, uh, we got a good look at, at what he can do from three-point range when he's shooting with confidence. And he has that quick release. Three of five from three-point range is excellent. Uh, but six of six from the free throw line is excellent as well for Jamias. Uh, who, when he does put his shoulder down and attack the basket, he can draw fouls. Uh, and if you're going to play in and around the rim, you have to be able to hit your free throws. Uh, that's something that Davion Mitchell, quite frankly, has to work on, and I expect him to work on. And on top of uh, the offense that you got from Jamias Ramsey in this game, you also got three steals out of him, uh, which is a big boost. Then the Kings defeated the Dallas Mavericks on Sunday, 86-70. to 70. They went on a massive run to start the fourth quarter, which was fun to see. Uh, Lewis King had 18 points. I expect him to get a training camp invite. I believe he's on a two-way contract, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Emmanuel Terry had 13 points, uh, and then Jamias Ramsey also had 11. Wasn't a great game for Davion Mitchell, but that's okay. He's entitled to that. Offensively, wasn't the best. Still managed uh, five assists. Uh, in this game didn't come up with any steals but his defense was still solid uh, so it wasn't like he was a complete non-factor and alas here are the Sacramento Kings in the championship game they had to have a little bit of help Uh, the Golden State Warriors did the Kings a solid by not losing to the Pelicans by 11 or more points so thank you Golden State we appreciate you everybody was a Warriors fan for at least a couple of hours uh, but no more now it's Kings and Boston Celtics in the championship that we're excited about but we have to talk about this Chemezi Metu incident, the punch that he threw after a hard, I think, dirty foul uh, from a, a Dallas Mavericks player. We will get into that in just a second. Before that, though, I want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Sweat Block. And the reality is I should be using Sweat Block right now because it is way too hot in this house, unfortunately, having some AC issues, which always AC issues happen uh, during summer, do they not? They're never just happening, you know, when it's actually decent outside. Nope, only when it's really, really hot. And it's been a hot weekend here in Sacramento. Thankfully, I've been using sweat block when I'm outside, like when I went and played golf around a golf this uh, this weekend, played around with my best friend and sweating buckets, right? I put on sweat block. I had it in my bag, used it. And honestly, it, it worked that quickly. Sweat block, these anti perspirant wipe, uh, wipes that are doctor created and doctor recommended, they work for up to seven days. Per use, as you'll imagine, or maybe you can see it if you're watching on YouTube. My face is drenched. Didn't use it there. Used it under my arms though, and I'm I'm perfectly dry, as you can see. That's because SweatBlock actually works. It gives you a dry shirt guarantee. If SweatBlock doesn't keep you dry, you will get your money back. It's a bestseller on Amazon for the past ten years. It has over thirteen thousand positive reviews. Manufactured in the USA, of course. And in order to get SweatBlock, super easy to get. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at your local CVS pharmacy. Or you can get it uh, on sweatblock.com, which is the recommended route, because if you use promo code LOCKEDON on on sweatblock.com, you'll get 20% off. So take advantage of that deal. Live a dry, happy life. No need to drip in sweat all summer long. Today's Locked On Kings podcast is also brought to you by Indeed.com. And general managers ask questions to find the right players, like, do they have ice in their veins When you're hiring, you can use Indeed Assessments to help make sure you find candidates with the skills that you need. Use Indeed as your professional scouts. You can't keep an eye on everybody if you're trying to hire. You can't sift through hundreds upon hundreds of resumes to make sure you find the right candidates. Nobody has time for that. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed. It's the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. You just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place even you're interviewing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through all that noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed the moment, or they give you those resumes the moment that you post a sponsored job. Like I said, the scouts that work for you. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that are using Indeed to hire great talent fast. You can get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to update your post at indeed.com slash locked on. Again, that's a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked on indeed.com slash locked on offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. I'm sure you remember if you followed last year's Sacramento Kings season closely, there was an incident where Chemezi Metu, who was at the time a two-way player, fighting to uh, really make a name for himself and get an opportunity, a main contract with the Sacramento Kings, which of course he ended up earning. But Metu was playing well, goes up for a dunk, is pulled off the rim by Jonas Valanciunas, who I guess thought that Metu was showboating after this dunk, who he just I guess thought he was wrapping his leg around his shoulder to kind of rub it in his face or maybe even teabag him, which if you don't know what that means, look it up. Maybe don't. I don't know. I don't know how safe Google is when you Google teabag, but, but uh, Jonas Valanciunas took exception to this, grabs Chemezi Metu's leg and, and throws him to the ground. And there were two problems with this incident. One, Jonas Valanchunas got off scot-free with absolutely no um, repercussion, I believe. I don't remember him getting fined or suspended or anything. Actually, I know for a fact he didn't get suspended, right? Maybe he got fined. I don't remember that. And uh, unfortunately, Chemezi Metu broke his wrist in this incident. And number two is, and this is what Kings fans mostly focus on, nobody stood up for Chemezi. Nobody got in the face of Valanciunas. And... We were concerned about that at the time, and we've talked a lot about how this King team, the Kings team, needs those dogs, right? Those fighters, a guy that is going to get in the face of Jonas Valanciunas and say, "Hey, man, that ain't cool. I got to stand up for my guy. I got to protect my guy." Kings didn't have that in that moment. I remember an incident last season too, where I believe De'Aaron Fox was pushed out of bounds, or maybe it was Tyrese Halliburton. It was one of the two. Actually, might have been Tyrese pushed out of bounds on a fast break, and once again. Nobody did anything about it. Nobody said anything about it. You got to protect your rookie and one of your best players in that case. The Kings didn't have that guy. So I imagine the Chemezi-Metu being pulled off the rim moment was in the back of Metu's mind in this incident on Sunday against the Dallas Mavericks where he was going up for uh, another dunk. uh, And I believe he was, yeah, he was, I mean, he was clearly fouled. He didn't make the dunk, if I'm not mistaken. I have to go back and actually watch the highlight of the play. Uh, But I remember distinctly the play. Because if you watch it back in slow motion, there's initial contact made, which is it's a pretty strong, hard, physical foul, but nothing too egregious at first. More than enough for Chemezi Metu to go to the line and get free throws. But then with Chemezi in the air, the Dallas defender, who I can't really pronounce his name very well, so I'm not going to try, stuck his leg out, like kicked his leg out for no reason. That knocks Metu off balance to where he kind of falls uh, head over heels uh, and luckily catches himself with those hands and with those wrists, by the way, that he did injure uh, catches himself on the ground and immediately Chemezi Metu pops right back up, turns and socks the guy right in the side of the face. I believe the punch connected, but that, that reaction from Shimezi Metu has to be because of that Valanchunas issue. I imagine, I mean, everybody was pointing it out on Twitter if you were following uh, that game live and, and paying attention during that moment. Everybody, myself, uh, Dave Deuce Mason, Jason Jones, Sean Cunningham, uh, James Hamm, we were all talking about, man. That's, I mean, that Valanchunas incident in the back of Chemezi Metu's head when he went and did something like that. And to be honest with you, I'm 100% okay with it. I'm 100% okay with the reaction. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Metu getting up and actually throwing a punch. I, I mean, it's not hockey. And even in hockey, it's like I know some people watch hockey for the fighting. Not really my thing. I mean, I, I like UFC MMA action. I like watching a boxing match because I know what I'm getting. I don't think necessarily there's a place in NBA basketball for punches being thrown. That being said, Chimezi Metu sent a message, not just to the Dallas Mavericks, not just to this uh this this guy who I did foul him in a dirty way. I thought I thought the leg kick was absolutely dirty, and he did deserve to be ejected, as did uh Chimezi Metu for throwing the punch. But Chemezi sent a message to the rest of the league, to the Jonas Valanciunas and everybody out there. I'm not going to be pushed around. I'm not going to be punked. I got pulled off a rim and it costed me. It could have cost me more than it actually did. Chemezi Metu was, was fortunate to return from that and continue playing well because there's a very good chance that had Metu not returned from that injury well or lost the momentum that he had built for himself before that injury, it could have resulted in him not getting the contract that he was offered towards the end of last season. So Metu knows how serious and significant that moment was. He stood up for himself. He sent a message in this moment, and I'm 100% okay with it. I need guys to be like that, dogs like that, not quick to just throw punches whenever you can. Kings don't need to deal with massive suspensions like that during the actual regular season on their main roster. But guys who are not going to just take that, take dirty fouls or take being pulled off the rim, not going to be bullied or pushed around, I appreciated that from Chimezi Metu. Maybe there could have been a better way of him going about it, but the message was clear. And I know I think a lot of fans uh, echo that. So I'm curious your thoughts on that incident. Now, like I said earlier, and I kind of joked about it on social media, there's a very good chance that Chimezi Metu is going to be suspended and not going to be able to play in the Summer League Championship against the Celtics on on Tuesday. And Chemezi Metu is one of the best players on this summer league roster. So the Kings could certainly use him in the end. It's a summer league championship game. It doesn't really hurt the team that bad. I had someone tweet at me, man, Chemezi made a selfish play there. He should have done what the team needed, which is not retaliate because now he could be out for the championship and that could cost the Kings. Uh, come on. It's a, it's a summer league championship. As much as I want to embellish it and make it fun, it really means nothing. So if he's held out of that game, it sucks. It's a bummer. I think the message is more important than a Summer League trophy or him getting 15 to 20 minutes in the actual Summer League championship game itself. But there is a very good chance that Metu might not play in that game, and that could have a direct effect on the Kings winning or not. Uh, So again how do you how do you feel about this moment how do you feel about Chimenzi metu standing up for himself throwing that punch are you okay with it do you agree that it was too far do you like uh how he handled the situation maybe you're more of a fan of like fighting in sports uh, than I am but let me know uh, I'm certainly interested in that and if you thought the the foul was dirty or not I mean initially looking at it truthfully when I watched it in in real time I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was that egregious. And then I watched in slow motion, I watched the leg kick, very reminiscent of like that Draymond Green leg kick. Remember when he had incidents of that uh a number of seasons ago where he was kicking people below the belt. I believe it was Stephen Adams, poor Stephen Adams that he kept kicking uh below the belt with just a, he said it was involuntary, but just a random leg kick for no reason. That's what this instant incident looked like. So and especially when a guy's in the air and that leg kick causes them to be knocked off balance where Metu really could have hurt himself if he, if he crashed any further. Thankfully, he caught himself. Um, that, that kind of stuff can't happen. So I don't blame Jamezi Metu for retaliating. And again, I like the message that he sent. Coming up, we are going to ask the question, what if Buddy Healed is still a Sacramento King next season? What does that look like? In reality, in that question, I have three other questions. We're going to dive into that coming up next. Before that, though, I want to let you know that today's episode of the Ton Kings podcast is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure pointless and sometimes intimidating questioning and wait for the person behind the counter to order or look up the parts for you, but only be able to order what their warehouse happens to carry? You have access to rockauto.com. You can find the parts that you need for different price points. You're not priced into the only part that that manufacturer happens to carry. You can save time and you can save money with Rock Auto. You'll spend 30, 50, even 100% more from the chain store than what you will find on rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And if you're like me, if you have... Absolutely no idea how cars work or uh, what parts you need. It's a really easy, uh, user-friendly site to figure out the parts that you need, to find the parts that you need, and, and figure out what it is you have to do with these parts so it might be intimidating for you it certainly was intimidating for me rock auto takes all the fear out of uh, car auto part shopping go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck make sure you write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com And today's Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar covered in 100% chocolate, making even a picky eater like me love a protein-based product. Look, when I tried protein bars, protein shakes in the past, I I just couldn't do it, you know? You get this flavor profile, it'd be like chocolate cake or uh, vanilla strawberry. And all I would taste is protein powder and just the protein supplements that were in it. I didn't really taste those profiles or maybe I did, but it was in the background. That's not the case with built bar at all. It's in the forefront. The play, the flavor profiles that you get, you're going to taste first and foremost, like mint brownie, for example. My favorite bar, all I take is mint brownie or like mint chocolate chip ice cream, which is my favorite kind of ice cream. That's basically what I taste when I have one of these bars. They also have flavors like cherry and raspberry. If you're a fruit lover, if you're a chocolate lover, they have double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel. There are so many options for you. And you can try all these out by going to built.com and ordering a mixed box. They'll send you a bunch of different types of bars. You can try them out. Once you have your favorites, you go back to built.com and order your own custom box with your favorite flavors in it. I do it for my wife and I every couple couple of weeks. Most of the flavors uh, have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Make sure you order today by going to built.com using promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off of your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. We have spent... Seemingly all off season, talking about the possibility, the likelihood, the desire for the Sacramento Kings to move on from Buddy Heald. And there are still is a lot of off season left, a lot of time for things to change. But here in the middle of August, with training camps beginning towards the end of September and the regular season beginning in early to mid-October, there's a good chance that Buddy Heald can remain a part of this Sacramento Kings roster. So I thought we'd look at what that could potentially look like for the Sacramento Kings. Now, we do know that the Kings tried to trade Buddy. We knew the Kings were trying to trade Buddy last season, right, around the trade deadline, and and they weren't able to get a deal done. But they almost had a deal done with the Los Angeles Lakers, which, by the way, full transparency, I imagine, in fact, I know that Buddy Heald was more than prepared to go to L.A. He loved the idea of playing with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, that Los Angeles Lakers roster. I think it would have been an absolute perfect fit for him just to be a catch and shoot sniper and specialist from three point range. And he would have given the Lakers a legitimate chance to get right back uh, into the championship picture. Firmly believe that. And he thought he was going. In fact, I remember hearing or I think it was Jason Jones that reported that Montrez Harrell, who was expecting to come to Sacramento in that deal, he was looking at houses in Sacramento. So everybody seemingly thought that this Kings trade, Kings uh, Lakers trade for Buddy Heald, Monchotero, Kyle Kuzma, you know the deal, was actually going to go down. And then the Lakers and Rob Polinka just said, nope, we're going this route. We're getting Russell Westbrook from Washington deal with it. So Buddy Heald, I know, is disappointed about that. He's disappointed that he's not a Laker, but he's not going to throw a fit about it. He will truly not throw a fit about it. I know that Buddy is 100% a professional. So let's ask the question, what if Buddy is still a king next season? That's the main overarching question, right? But there are three smaller questions within that that I really want to dive into. Number one, if he is a king, should he start? Number two is, will he accept a bench role? And number three, should the kings look to trade him at the deadline? We'll start with number one. Should Buddy Heald start? My answer simply is absolutely not. Now, I'll hear arguments for why he should start over Tyrese Halliburton, or maybe you try and start him at the three, even though I think that's a bad idea. I don't think he should start at all. I think you need to have a combination, two of the three of Fox, Halliburton, and Mitchell on the floor at all times. And in order to do that, two out of the three need to be as part of the starting lineup, which we know would be Fox and Halliburton in this scenario. Fox and Halliburton are your future backcourt. And arguably your two best players. You need to have those two starting right away. I get the hesitation with Tyrese Halliburton last season as a rookie. In fact, I say I get it. I really didn't get it when the Kings decided to uh, put Buddy Heald back into the starting lineup later on in the season. Didn't get that at all, even though I know Tyrese Halliburton was dealing with both the the rookie slump uh, and some uh, some injury issues that kept him in and out of the lineup. But Tyrese Halliburton needs to be starting at the two. De'Aaron Fox, of course, needs to be starting at the one. So to me, Buddy Heald should not be in there. Now, I do think that Mitchell and Buddy Heald off the bench is really intriguing. In fact, I think it gives the Kings a defensive and scoring punch off the bench that this team could really use. Like I I imagine in my head, right? If the Kings want to go small, let's say Fox and Halliburton play the first five minutes and then Fox subs out, Davion Mitchell comes in and Halliburton stays at the two and maybe you move Buddy Heald to the three with Harrison Barnes playing at the four and whoever's at the five. It's not a bad idea. You still have floor spacing. You get better defense on the ball defense with Davion Mitchell in there, plus with his floor spacing potentially. I like the idea of that defensive and scoring punch with those two coming off the bench. Now, who would be the sixth man in that scenario? Who really cares? Both of those guys are important in their own way. If you're struggling to score early on, you bring Buddy Heald in. If you're struggling to stop anybody early on, maybe you've built up a lead and want to sustain it, you bring Davion Mitchell in uh, first and foremost. It it gives you versatility off the bench, which I believe Luke Walton uh, would like. And in my mind, if you're going to try this, Buddy Heald starting at the three, you did try it last year, and to some extent it did work. But every single person that I've talked to here on this podcast about it working long-term says, no, it, it can't work. Buddy Heald is better defending the three in the sense that he doesn't be as, have to be as quick. We know his lateral quickness isn't great, and quicker guards, most two guards, can just blow right by him. He has a hard time with that. So slower threes, he had a little bit better of a time staying in front of. But if Buddy Heald has to guard a starting caliber three in the NBA, he's going to be undersized and he's going to be outmatched. And we saw that pretty quickly last season. So I don't like the idea of Buddy Heald starting at the three for long stretches or playing at the three for long stretches uh, at all. So then the next question, would Buddy Heald accept a bench role? I think one, yes, he would. Because like I said, I believe Buddy Heald is a complete professional. He is a complete professional. He's done some things sometimes, said some things to the media, uh, liked tweets on social media maybe that he shouldn't. He's had his fun with that, and he certainly has his own personality. But but Buddy's a professional. He's a hard worker, and he's going to, in my mind, do the right things, which would be, regardless of what his role is, playing his heart out. And you know, truthfully, even if he's unhappy, if he throws a fit about it, who cares? Who cares? Buddy Heald is not part of your future. You've made that very clear that he's not part of your future with how aggressively you've tried to trade him over the last few months. So who cares if you piss him off about it? Same thing, uh, I mean, it's the same kind of way I feel about Marvin Bagley, although at least I can rely on Buddy Heald. You know Buddy's gonna be available for the majority of the season, if not the entire season. That's the best part of Buddy Heald is the fact that he's always available. So yes, I think Buddy would accept a bench role. But I think what we also need to uh, look at, and also, by the way, I, I do question and I've talked about this before, Buddy stayed in the starting lineup last season far longer than I think he should have. And I question still if that was Luke Walton's decision or if that was the decision of maybe general manager Monty McNair or Sacramento Kings ownership, the Sacramento Kings front office. Maybe they had some kind of deal in place to make Buddy Heald happier because we knew Buddy wasn't happy a couple seasons ago when he was being benched by Luke Walton for far less than what he wasn't benched for last season. So I, I still think that's kind of weird. But I think the more important question here is, would Buddy Hield be a part of the closing lineup? And I think he would be in certain situations, like maybe he's hot, maybe he's on one. He's having one of those Buddy Hield nights where everything he puts up just is going in. Of course, you want him on the floor in those cases, right? But what if you're down by maybe six points with a minute 30 left? You need shooting. Of course, Buddy Hield's going to be on the floor there. But if you have a five, six point lead with two minutes left, you need some stops. You need to hold. No, I don't want Buddy Healed on the floor there. I think the majority of the time, Buddy Heald would not be on the floor with that closing lineup. And maybe that would piss him off. But that's where I want De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and probably Davion Mitchell on the floor. You know why? Because typically in those moments, typically in those closing minutes and in crunch time, it's basketball IQ that shines through. Of course, athleticism is important. Of course, Buddy Heald's elite three-point shooting can very much be useful. But basketball IQ shines through, making the right plays in those moments. And I think the basketball, actually, in fact, I know the basketball IQ is way higher on Fox, Halliburton, and Davion Mitchell than it is on Buddy Heald. So that's question number two. Finally, should the Kings look to trade Buddy Heald at the trade deadline? This is an obvious question. Of course they should. Short answer, duh. His declining contract actually will help with that. Buddy Heald's contract, he's in year two of a four-year deal, paid $22 million this year. Really, it's around 24 if you include his incentives, but $22 million is base pay. He was paid $24 million as his base pay last season. It's the same contract or very similar contract to what uh, Harrison Barnes is on. Next season, in year three, he'll be paid $20 million. The final season, year four, he'll be paid $18 million. Obviously, as that number goes down each year, that contract is a lot easier To trade theoretically, or maybe his money doesn't become as big of a problem in trade negotiations. So it would be easier to move on because you're at the end of his second year, going into really two years left of 20 million and 18 million, making that contract significantly less than what it actually is right now or how it looks right now. And optics are important. And two, every single trade deadline, right? Every single year doesn't matter. There is a team that is selling a high uh, value player a player that a lot of teams that are maybe on the fringe of the playoffs or who are trying to make up spots in the playoffs or a team that feels they're one piece away from being a championship contender, its there's always a player or two that are available that that all those teams are chasing. And I expect the Sacramento Kings, depending upon where they are in the standings, they're probably going to be in the playoff conversation. In fact, I expect them to be in the playoff conversation. They are going to be major players for whatever that guy is, whoever that name is that comes available at the deadline. Buddy Heald is a great starting point in those trade conversations, in those trade negotiations. That way it doesn't have to be Harrison Barnes. You can start with Buddy Heald and attach picks to that or role players to that as you see fit. So I think looking to trade Buddy Heald at the trade deadline would be an absolute must if he remains a Sacramento King. And I'm honestly starting to think that it might be more ideal at this point to hold on to Buddy and make it work short term for those reasons listed. If the market for him isn't good right now, he still provides with his elite shooting an asset that you can use off the bench, I hope, and you might be able to get something better at the trade deadline. His value might change or there might be a player that's available then that's not available right now that Buddy Heald could really help you go and get. So that's my opinion on that. What are your thoughts on Buddy Heald remaining a Sacramento King? Agree with some of the things I said, disagree with some of the things I said. Uh, your answers to those three questions that I posed about Buddy Heald, send them to me at Matt George Sack on Twitter. It's changed, not at Matt George Radio anymore, at Matt George S A C uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can also email me Matt George Sports at gmail.com. If you're watching on YouTube, leave in the comment section down below. And I'm enjoying doing these kind of what-if scenarios here on Locked On Kings. I want to do more of them throughout the remainder of this offseason. For example, the next one I want to do is, what if Marvin Bagley stays healthy for the Kings next season? How does that change the Kings' plans and and maybe Marvin Bagley's career going forward? So that's one that I want to explore. But if there are other what-if Kings-related scenarios, send them to me and I'd love to do them and talk about them more here on the locked on Kings podcast. I also want to do a fans only podcast again, coming up very soon where I invite Sacramento Kings fans here on the pod. I hear your stories and talk to you about how you became a Kings fan and ask you questions, interview you get your thoughts on the Sacramento Kings. I've done a number of these episodes. They've been very popular. It's been a while since I've done one. I think it was all the way last summer uh, that I did one. So let me know if you'd like to be on fans only, send me an email at Matt George uh, sports. No, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. I'm still getting used to all these changes to my email and Twitter uh, with the job changes as well. I also want to do something maybe painful to some, but fun, good memories. Uh, I want to relive some old Kings playoff series. So dedicate an episode to a, a whole series and go through game by game. Look at the numbers, look at the storylines and everything like that. That's something I plan on doing throughout this offseason as well. Uh, so let me know if you'd be interested in that. As for today, that'll do it. We uh, will prepare for the Kings and the Boston Celtics Summer League Championship game on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast. Maybe we'll do that Marvin Bagley. What if he stays healthy for the Kings next season? I have more great guests coming for you very soon here on locked on kings if there's a name or two that you would love to hear on locked on kings let me know that as well Uh, and of course i appreciate your support would love to have you back with me on the next locked on kings podcast until then my name is matt george you have been listening to locked on kings part of the locked on podcast network